You are Locked On Phillies, your daily Philadelphia Phillies podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, guys? It is Wednesday, June 12th, 2019. This is Locked On Phillies. I'm Tim Kelly. Today's show is brought to you in part by your friends Captain Obvious and Lil John at Hotels.com. Be there, do that, get rewarded. Uh, after allowing eight home runs Monday night, the ball actually died for much of the evening last night at Citizens Bank Park, which appeared to come in the work in the Phillies' favor in the ninth inning because uh, Eduardo Escobar got under a ball that probably would have been ten rows deep on Monday night. Instead, it took a, as Tom McCarthy described it, a strange route that didn't even reach the warning track in the outfield. Bryce Harper earlier in the game had scorched a ball to left field that I think he thought he got, and a majority of people. People thought he hit it out. It died at the warning track. So that's how a lot of the game went last night between the Phillies and D-backs. What did leave the park, though, was Scott Kingery's third home run in two days. He's having an excellent season, regardless of where the Phillies have asked him to play. Taking normal routes or taking routes at all in center field when you're not used to playing in the outfield it doesn't come easily, but you see how quickly with his speed he's able to cover, cover ground, and he's adjusted well or as well as I think you can to playing in the outfield. And, of course, there's going to be growing pains. The Phillies are going to need to make an addition, assuming Odubo Herrera is out of the picture and knowing that even with Roman Quinn coming back, health-wise, he's not someone you've been able to depend upon consistently. But for the time being, Scott Kingery has taken just about everything thrown at him, whether they ask him to play second base, Last year, they asked him to play shortstop. He's played some third base, which I still think is where he's going to get a majority of his time in 2019. But right now, they need him in center field, and he's been very valuable there. The Phillies yesterday, uh, Jake Arrieta did bounce back, at least relatively. He allowed three runs and uh, six hits over six innings. At this stage of Jake Arrieta's career, I think that's about the best you're going to get from him on a consistent basis, and certainly it's better than what you had gotten for a bulk of the last month prior to that. J.D. Hammer struggled in relief. And uh, he is one of those guys, and I said this about Edgar Garcia last week, but I really feel it about J.D. Hammer especially, that you see the stuff with him and you can tell he needs a little bit more fine-tuning at AAA. Pat Neshek threw a bullpen session yesterday. Within the next month, you could be looking at Tommy Hunter coming back. Maybe you're getting closer to David Robertson, Adam Morgan. You're going to start to see some of the guys that you thought were going to give the Phillies a chance to have a really good bullpen at the beginning of the season come back. Uh, Jose Alvarez has been one of the pieces that stayed. The two other pieces that have been consistent since the opening day bullpen with a, a team that has seven relievers, legitimately seven relievers on the bullpen, have been Hector Neris and Juan Nicasio, and they both pitched well to close out the game yesterday. Hector Neris is now 14 for 14 in save attempt, attempts in 2019. The Phillies as a team are 38 and 29. They remain in first place in the National League East. And they will see the Atlanta Braves this weekend in Atlanta. Prior to that, though, they'll have the rubber match this evening against the Arizona Diamondbacks looking to win that series. Look, the Phillies have had some ups and downs. They've certainly dealt with injuries. I think there have been large swaths of the Phillies fan base that have kind of felt like, no, this is a good team, but it's not. The offense hasn't exploded in the way they've wanted to. Aaron Nola's kind of regressed after an excellent 2018 season. The bullpen has been just 
overrun with injuries this season. The Phillies have a chance to really make a statement this weekend in Atlanta, but one way they've been able to stay afloat prior to that has been consistently taking two out of three and winning series. Zach Eflin, who has been the Phillies' best pitcher this season, he's going to get the ball tonight. He was strong last Friday, good, not great, after returning from a brief stint on the injured list. He's been the Phillies' best pitcher, as I just mentioned. He has a 2.88 ERA in 12 starts. His 4.42 FIP suggests some regression is coming. But the Phillies have to hope that that regression is not coming this evening and that when it does come, you're probably going to have added at least one other starter. And look, everything like I've said this entire season, the Phillies' chances of maybe they'll get into the playoffs with Aaron Nola pitching like this, but their chances of really doing any damage whether when they get to those playoffs are going to be contingent upon Aaron Nola bouncing back. To this point, though, Zach Eflin has been the Phillies' best pitcher. They'll hope for more of the same tonight as he opposes Merrill Kelly, who's going to get the ball for the Arizona Diamondbacks. BlueChew.com is a sponsor of today's show that's blue like the color blue. BlueChew.com provides you with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis without the name brand price. They also ship directly to your house, which means there's not the awkwardness of standing in a a line at the pharmacy after an awkward doctor's appointment. None of that is there. And since it's chewable, Blue Chew works up to twice as fast as a pill. Right now, you can go to BlueChew.com and use our promo code MLB. That's BlueChew.com, promo code MLB. I've been talking to you guys all season long about low-key bracelets, and there's a reason why. They allow you to stay humble and hopeful while repping your favorite team. Also, 10% of their net profits go to incredible charities around the world so you can look good and feel good about your purchase. If you don't know, Lokai bracelets are made with water from Mount Everest, the highest point on earth, and mud from the Dead Sea, the lowest point on earth. That's what they're infused with, and it helps you to keep your balance during life's highs and lows. Lokai has an incredible game day collection that you can now take 20% off of with our promo code. If you're a baseball fan, they have Phillies, Red Sox, Mets, Yankees, every team. If you're just a Philly sports fan, they of course have the Phillies, but they also have the Eagles, the Flyers, Penn State, Villanova, whoever you can think of. And since they're a friend of Locked On Phillies, you can now go to lokai.com and use the promo code Philadelphia Phillies, which is all one word, and take 20% off of any of their game day collection bracelets. That's lokai.com, promo code Philadelphia Phillies, L O K A I.com. You can also get Locked On Phillies on the brand new podcasting app, Himalaya. It's free, it's easy to use, and in addition to Locked On Phillies, all of your favorite podcasts are on there. I highly recommend checking out, downloading Himalaya. You will not regret it. The first National League All-Star returns came back yesterday, and they didn't look great for the Phillies. The The Phillies' highest vote-getter thus far has been Cesar Hernandez, who has received over 265,000 votes, and even that is only good enough for fourth overall at second base, and I'll explain why fourth is not necessarily a place you want to be in given the uh, uh, MLB's new all-star voting rules in a second. JT Real Muto, who had over 206,000 votes, he's the only Philly in the top three uh, at his position so far. Cesar Hernandez, who we talked about a second ago, he hit 327 in May. 
but he's hitting under 150 this month. So to me, he feels unlikely. Perhaps he'll crack the top three. But I do think there are a lot of people last month that looked at things and said Cesar Hernandez is the longest tenured Philly. He's someone that's seemingly been on the trade block his entire career. And he had a great month last month offensively, hitting 327. And a lot of people, I think, were inclined to vote for Cesar Hernandez that normally wouldn't be all-star voters. Um, it's it's a big thing you hear about in elections where people, politicians try to get out voters that haven't voted because uh, the United States has embarrassingly low voter turnout. In this case, I think a lot of voters for MLB All-Star voting are turned off by the fact that it seems like, well, whoever's the most popular player, they're just going to get in. Cesar Hernandez is certainly not going to get in on those merits, and he may not deserve to get in, but I think a lot of people last month decided, well, he's at least deserving of being in that conversation. Whether they'll continue to feel that way uh, as his offensive production has dipped this month remains to be seen, but it, it was encouraging in that sense to see him in the top five at second base. JT Real Muto to me, he should be the starting catcher for the National League. He has eight defensive runs saved. And despite, I think there's a feeling for myself and a lot of people that he's been very good offensively, but there was a bit more of an expectation that he'd probably hit for a little, a little bit higher of an average and be a little bit better offensively. Fangraph says he's been the best offensive catcher in baseball this year. And, and to me, it's one thing for Wilson Contreras to be number one, and he's number one by a lot right now, like 600,000 votes ahead of JT Real Muto at three. For Brian McCann, and I know Brian McCann hit a home run last night. He's, I think, a six-time All-Star. Brian McCann's had an excellent career, but at this stage of his career, he has no business being out of JT Real Muto in All-Star voting, and I would imagine that situation is going to be rectified at some point. The big surprise to me was that Bryce Harper is 10th among all NL outfielders, even though he's the most recognizable face in baseball. And you may be surprised to know this. Fangraph says he's been the sixth best National League outfielder overall. He is also having a major bounce back defensively, but I understand that a majority of voters and a majority of people in general probably aren't thinking of that when they're talking about who should be an all-star. But he has 21 doubles. In a way, I think he's victimized by the fact that he's been good, not great offensively, and he, even very good by the standards of most people. But by the standards of Bryce Harper, who was on the cover of Sports Illustrated when he was 17 and signed a $330 million contract and had a historic season in 2015, I think his own success works against him in this case. And a lot of people have asked me in the last 24 hours, well, he hit 214 last year and still started in the All-Star game. Why is this season when he's hitting over 250, why is that different? He did have higher home run and walk totals last year, that's true, and considerably higher, I think, in the home run department. The big thing, though, to me is that last year the All-Star game was in D.C., so Nationals fans feel especially inclined to vote last year especially knowing that I think they looked at the All-Star game as meaning one of two things. A, it was an opportunity for them to remind him just how much he was loved in, in D.C., at least at that time, certainly isn't anymore. And B, I think it was an opportunity for them to say, if this doesn't sway you into staying in D.C. or help sway you, at the very least it's a send-off for a player who's the most accomplished offensive player po probably in the history of that organization. Uh, Ryan Zimmerman's going to have higher counting numbers, but in terms of peak uh, accomplishments, I think Bryce Harper's the best Nationals header they've ever had. Phillies fans, I think, 
it's not that Bryce Harper what they don't want to see Bryce Harper in the All Star game, or they haven't voted for Bryce Harper. But are they as inclined to get him there as Nationals fans were a year ago? No, I don't think they are. And I, I would still imagine when push comes to shove, he will be an All Star. But it's maybe not as much of a lock as myself and a lot of other people thought. I think most people thought after last year Bryce Harper could roll out of bed and as long as he's healthy in July, he's going to be at the All-Star game. We're seeing now that that probably is not the case. Before the season, I thought Aaron Nola was a lock, but that's almost impossible to see at this point. I will say Hector Neris, who converted another save last night, he's 14 for 14 on saves this year. He's someone that at the very least is going to draw consideration. The one thing to remember is that there's new voting this year. So right now we're in the primary stage, and this is according to Heavy.com. They did a great breakdown of this. The primary stage is going to conclude at 4 o'clock Eastern on Friday, June 21st. According to them, later that evening, the top three vote-getters at each infield position and the top nine outfielders at uh, each position will be revealed on MLB Network. They will move on to the second phase of voting. So what that means, that's why it's so important that Bryce Harper is 10th, not 9th, and Cesar Hernandez is 4th, not 3rd at second base, because right now they would be on the outside looking in. The starters election, which will take the top three at each position, will begin at 12 o'clock p.m. Eastern on Wednesday, June 26. Vote totals will reset, meaning vote totals from the primary do not carry over. So all you really need to do is get out of the first stage. Be one of those top three. You get yourself into the second round. Now, the fact that Wilson Contreras has 800,000 votes and JT Romero has 200,000, that may tell you where the energy is going to become a starter's election, but it doesn't necessarily mean that JT Romero couldn't end up being the starting catcher for the National League which, in my opinion, he's deserving of being. Uh, that election is going to go for about 24 hours, and then they're going to have a big reveal show on ESPN. Of course, you need to keep in mind that all these teams are going to have to have at least one all-star, so it's not simply going to be the fans. And again, fans don't vote on pitching. I, I don't understand, like, why do we draw the line at fans getting to vote on which pitchers make the all-star team? It's just, it, it's confusing to me. I, I'd be in favor of not having fans vote, to be completely honest with you. because And I, I think the all-star system as a whole is messed up because someone gets to be an all-star based off of three months of, uh, of the season, not based off the entire season. And at the end of the season, they still have an all-star. Like Michael Saunders a few years ago was killing it the first half, completely tailed off. Dominic Brown did the same thing in 2013. You can have a great few months, and at the end of the season it says, oh, well, you must have had a great season because you were an all-star. No, it doesn't necessarily mean that. It means you had a very good few months. Jimmy Rollins was not an all-star when he won the MVP, and I'm not sure Ryan Howard was when he won the MVP. And at the end of careers, when we're talking about these guys getting in based off a few months and based off of fan voting, we say, oh, well, such and such player, I don't know if they're a Hall of Famer because they were only an all-star so many times. Well, when you have fans voting on the All-Star game in a game that you've taken all meaning out of now and you're only basing it off a few months of the season, maybe that's not a great metric for how you should vote on Hall of Famers. That's just an opinion of mine. I wouldn't mind it being like the All-NBA team where it's voted on at the end of the year. I don't know in that case, though, exactly how an All-Star game would work. So an interesting uh, food for thought there. The last time the Phillies had multiple All-Stars was 2013. That was Dominic Brown and Cliff Lee. So it's been a minute. And at the beginning of the season, we did a roundtable on philliesnation.com where we set the over-under at 3.5 for how many All-Stars the Phillies would have. 
I took the over, and boy, I don't look very smart for doing that right now because at most, I think at this point, it looks like the Phillies will have two All-Stars. I, I still think Bryce Harper is going to be an All-Star one way or another. I'd be pretty shocked if JT Real Muto is not an All-Star. And then you have other guys hanging around like Cesar Hernandez and Gene Segura. Hector Neris is a possibility, but my guess would be he'll be on the outside looking in. But that's where we stand on All-Star voting so far. Today's show is brought to you in part by Hotels.com. Be there, do that, get rewarded. You can follow me on Twitter at Tim Kelly Sports. You'll certainly be rewarded for that. And you'll be rewarded if you read my work on philliesnation.com and 94wip.com. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow.